Mitch Pisik is an award-winning executive coach, business consultant, leadership trainer, strategic planning facilitator, and professional speaker who has worked with hundreds of executives in dozens of companies and industries, from Fortune 100 global businesses to sole proprietors. He's been consulting for over 20 years, doing so in his full-time practice. PSIC Consulting Group since 2016. Here's Mitch. Hello, business people. First of all, thank you very much. I greatly appreciate how many of you have shared with me how much you enjoyed and found helpful my February podcast on leadership. Keep those calls, emails, and texts coming. Welcome to another episode of Mitch's In Your Corner radio show. We have a lot of important stuff to cover, so let's get to it. Due to the current crisis engulfed in our country, we now have three segments of businesses. The first group is the largest, they'll survive. The second group is not the largest, but is unfortunately sizable, they're not going to make it. The third group of businesses will become the most adaptable, follow the best advice, and make the most brilliant decisions, and they'll flourish. My objective today is to do what I can to grow this third group as large as possible. That's why I've titled today our discussion, How to Survive During and Thrive After a Crisis. Everything we're discussing today <clears throat> relates to how to successfully work through the pandemic challenges, yet they're also relevant and valuable to your businesses and personal successes in even more normal times. These ideas, suggestions, strategies, tactics, and action plans are both timely and timeless. I'll also share recent successes and insights from businesses that have diligently implemented what we're discussing. The purpose of business is to stay in business. We can't lose sight of this. You do what you need to do, ethically, morally, legally, to survive and thrive. You owe it to yourself, your family, your employees, and your customers. We're going to address over a dozen topics today, including how this crisis is different from crises in the past, success stories that give us reasons for optimism, inspirational, bold, and effective leadership, inspirational, bold, and effective communications, innovations, and creativity. The importance of being opportunistic, even predatory. Do what you've got to do to survive and then thrive. Since showing sincere compassion while simultaneously being tough, results-driven, and holding people accountable for outstanding performance adaptability, flexibility, scalability, and resilience, and your need for speed, and your passion, your purpose, and your prioritization. As Robert Kennedy said in 1966, like it or not, we live in interesting times. They are times of danger and uncertainty, but they are also more open to the creative energy of men than any other time in history. All right, let's get to your questions. Nancy asked, in the past 20 years, there have been several crises and recessions. How is this one different? The United States has endured, endured 47 recessions and depressions since 1770, including the recent ones in 1980, 81, 1990, 2001, and 2008. 
They were all market economy, commodity or finance driven. The recession of 2020 is the only one due to the pandemic that necessitated the federal and state governments to impose a virtual shutdown of our economy. Accordingly, businesses have fewer response options, which has precipitated an unusually high level of uncertainty. There was no warning, unprecedented in its magnitude since the Great, Great Depression of 1929. There are enormous personal and financial risks. Employees and customers are literally dying. We have to make life and death decisions. And unfortunately, many businesses need to fear lawsuits. Many of the good deeds will not go unpunished. Doug asks, can you please share with us an example of success, a reason for hope and optimism? To provide optimism that we will successfully get through this recession, of which we're still in the middle, it's very useful to look at how a business, you know, how to learn from uh, and look at what a business did to successfully get through the last recession in 2008. Let me share with you the Kendra Scott story. She deployed what I coined strengthen your core to save your store. Not only did it save her business, she is now one of the wealthiest women in the world. Kendra started her jewelry business in 2002 with pieces she designed in her spare bedroom in Austin, Texas. She nearly lost everything six years later in the aftermath of the 2008 financial crisis when many of the retail outlets that sold her jewelry went out of business. So she rapidly shifted course, completely changed her business, which at that time had been entirely wholesale, where she totally relied on, on retail stores owned by others as she didn't own any of her own retail stores. She also did not have any online business. She then decided to totally pivot. She opened her own retail stores and started an e-commerce operation. Now, fast forward just eight years later, in 2016, private equity firm Berkshire Partners acquired a minority stake in the company in a deal valuing her business at over a billion dollars. Now, how is she now again pivoting to deal with the 2020 pandemic? Before this crisis, she was planning on expanding her international and U.S. presence by opening even more stores. That is now on hold, possibly indefinitely. Instead, she is fast-tracking, redeploying the, those resources into having an even stronger online presence and experience, such as developing virtual try-on jewelry on the web and converting existing stores for efficient and productive curbside pickup. As she says, the moments, the moments you cannot plan for are sometimes the ones that are going to make you a better company. Now, what if you own a retail store, but you don't currently have an online presence? What are your immediate options? Well, do you have the email addresses of your customers, their phone numbers, then proactively reach out to them, help them to remember you. On another positive note, many of my clients and friends who own insurance agencies, landscape architecture, design firms, appliance retailers, are all having record months because customers and potential and potential customers their home and are answering their phones and emails. So these businesses are wisely taking advantage of this new normal while it lasts. So Tara asks, 
What do you say to your clients who are feeling pressured, scared, even lost? What has proven to be the best, most valuable advice you have recently given to your clients? Pressure is something you feel when you don't know what to do. So let's see what we can do to relieve some of that pressure. We'll get through this with substantial doses of perspiration, inspiration, and innovation. Really try as much as possible to think of this as a strategic window of opportunity. Change your behavior and you change your attitude. Change your attitude and you change your perspective. Change your perspective and you change your destiny. And the road you travel to meet your destiny is paved with your leadership skills. Now much of my, con of my <clears throat> consulting business is with entrepreneurs. Many are business owners. Virtually all business owners are facing tough decisions. Now, now is the time for resiliency, creativity, and perseverance. My top advice includes the following 30 ideas and approaches. Authenticity is essential. You have to be yourself, but be your best self. Understand and accept the reality of this moment. Look at your revenue, customers, costs. Immediately ascertain the damage. Don't panic. Don't be Pollyanna. Just try to deal with the reality. Your glass is not half full, nor is your glass half empty. You just have twice as much glass as you need. Ascertain what is probable feasible in the nearest future. Stop the bleeding. Move fast. Revisit your purpose. What are your key values? And remember, values are not optional. What are your aspirations? How do you now define success? What is your sustainable competitive advantage? What was it? Does it still exist? What could it be? What do you want it to be? It's important to seriously reflect on this. Refocus on your operations, products, services, passions. Cut all the expenses that you can as quickly as you can. Everything should be analyzed for expendability. Consider all expenses variable and discretionary. Now more than ever, diligently protect, protect whatever money you have. Very carefully deploy your resources, your time, your people, your money. Now, take advantage of all the government monies that you can, but that said, sometimes free is not free. If the paperwork is overly onerous, it might not be worth it. Manage cash. Don't spend anything you don't have to. Delay big purposes, purchases. Carefully review your budget in detail. Consider adjusting salaries. Communicate and negotiate everything. Your rent, goods and services from vendors, creditors, even utilities. Talk with your banker, your landlord, your vendors. Keep your supply chain intact. Don't add any more burden on yourself than absolutely necessary. Avoid it at all possible. If at all possible, avoid putting even more of your personal money and savings into the business. If you need cash, and we're fortunate enough to have put the, of, of having the opportunity to have putting money away for rainy day, well, it's now raining. If you believe you have to spend it, then at least put it a limit on how much you're gonna spend. As far as your employees, do everything you can to keep them safe. Then do what you can to keep employed those 
who are truly key to your business, who have unique skills and personalities that will be especially hard to replace. Never lose sight that your employees are scared. They want to be optimistic, but they're scared. They need you to be strong, communicative, and decisive. We also need to hold people accountable now more than ever. Be creative in expanding your products and services. The one example we all know is that our restaurants now expanding in a takeout and delivery. Yet there are plenty of others. There are plenty of service companies now expanding into disinfecting businesses, offices, homes, cars. Another is outdoor furniture and design companies expanding into selling artificial turf. And HVAC heating and AC companies now offering plumbing. Do everything you can to keep your customers safe. We need a plan for possibly tough times ahead. It could feasibly be as long as two or three years until revenue is fully restored. Transform your business to be as flexible, adaptable, scalable, both up and down as possible. Right size it. Then you can systematically diversify from there in concentric, concentric circles of expansion. Ascertain the best possible next moves. Be as open and creative as possible. Be aware of new opportunities that may not have existed before. Your expansion doesn't have to be slow, but it does need to be carefully deliberate and well-considered. Nobody knows what the world's going to look like in the next 3, 6, 12, or 18 months. Thus, we need to do all that we realistically can to prepare for the next time. Once again, flexibility and scalability up and down. Position yourself for swift adaptability. And remember, cash is king. The road to survival and growth is filled with potholes for companies that are not conscientious and deliberate in their actions and communications. With outstanding leadership, we have a chance. Without it, not so much. Incidentally, most of these action items are not that substantially different than my pre-crisis advice. The biggest changes are different priorities and time horizons. It's now even more immediate. Every successful entrepreneur I know is an optimist by nature. You had to be an optimist before to have achieved success. We did it before. We can do it again. Hilo asks, what are the key leadership actions, approaches, attitudes that owners need to be taking now? Okay, let's talk leadership. There are thousands of books and tens of thousands of articles defining a leader. We're all busy people without time to waste. So I'm going to share with you the real, true, definitive definition of a leader. If people follow you, you are. If they don't, you're not. Even if you have doubts, fake it till you make it. Never let them see you sweat. Never lose your cool. Play the part. Always play the part. Fake it till you make it. I can personally attest that it works. Be confident, not arrogant. Nobody wants to work with someone who's arrogant, and nobody wants to work with someone who's not confident. Be decisive. Be bold. Be confident. People will follow a leader. A winner, someone they trust, and someone they trust is a great plan. The greater the sense of teamwork, camaraderie, pride, and a winning attitude and atmosphere, 
the more success you'll have in inspiring your team. Talent wins games, teamwork wins championships. A company is known by the people it keeps. Great leadership has the potential to excite people, to achieve extraordinary feats. And now is the time when you really need extraordinary performance. One of the foundations of leadership is toughness. Crises are challenges to be met, not threats to be feared. Expect excellence and don't tolerate people who don't execute. We also must continue to hold employees accountable, now more than ever. Be tough and decisive. You can be compassionate and tough at the same time. You can be and you should be. When it comes to leadership, there needs to be authenticity. You have to be yourself, but be your best self. If you want your employees to follow you, then understand that they need to believe, that you believe that they are important to you. Do they believe you have their backs? All great leaders inspire and empower the people around them. Being a leader is not a right, it's a privilege. Every day, your job is to excite your team, have them buy into the collective mission, and really understand what it is you're trying to accomplish. Being adept at communicating why you're all going in the journey together is how you build a winning team. And the more effectively you can communicate your mission, the more successful you'll be able to hire, scale, and all grow as one team. Mark asked, in these uncertain times, how have you coached your clients to be effective, even inspirational communicators? Communication, it needs to be continual, consistent, and comprehensive. Be as transparent as you can, be as open as you can, be as honest as you can, ideally you're always honest, and do listen. You don't have to agree, but you need them to believe that you are truly listening and hear them. When you can be, be positive, optimistic, and enthusiastically supportive. Show and exhibit in your communications, persuasion, passion, purpose. Effective communication is essential. Where there's a vacuum, it's human nature to assume the worst. <clears throat> Don't leave them guessing. That never goes well. Your employees, your customers, and vendors will not assume the best. It's not your customers and employees' jobs to listen to us. It's our job to give them a reason to hear us. Play to your audience and do it well. We hang together or we'll be hung separately. Remember, WIIFM, everybody's favorite radio station. What's in it for me? Help your employees connect the dots to where the company is going and where your employee wants to go. She needs to understand and believe you all have the same destination. Every moment you can spare, communication needs to be your priority. Get connected. Stay connected. Continue to communicate with all those who are important to you and your company. People appreciate it and will feel appreciated. Ben asks, can you share with us an example of a company that is successfully navigating this crisis? Wegmans is a 101 store grocery chain 
in the Northeast and Mid-Atlantic regions. They do 10 billion a year in sales. They started in 1916 and is now run by the fourth generation of Wegmans. What they have done and how they did it over the past three months can be adapted for and be great lessons for most of our businesses. What made Wegmans special, what made them famous, what separated them from the competition is our outstanding personal customer service. Their fans are practically a cult and call themselves Wegmaniacs. Wegman became one of the country's most famous grocery store chains by lavishly pampering its customers with cooking demonstrations, restaurants, and movie night. Now, all of a sudden, every customer now is a potential risk. A huge part of their business has been treating their customers as guests and entertaining them. They can't do that now. They were at risk of losing their mojo. They had to figure out how to replace it. This pandemic had the potential to eliminate or erase what made them so special and how they define themselves. Close personal services in their DNA. COVID-19 represented an existential challenge. Well, here's what Wegmans done. They realized that they would have to reorganize their business immediately. They implemented all they could to actively, visibly, and transparently protect the safety of both their employees and customers. That was job one. In stores, their stores now feature plexiglass dividers at cash registers and more security guards to keep customers in line. The chain's famed food bars are closed. The in-house chefs were not fired, though. They were redeployed to work registers, run sanitation, and manage the carts in the parking lot. Their beloved free samples are gone. However, they package the samples so shoppers can then consider them for their home meals and also ask workers to describe the featured morsels over store microphones. They remove from the shelf thousands of items to reduce complexity. They loaded up on basic staples. They were smart and opportunistic. That means stocking more of what people needed during this time. Restaurant suppliers saw their orders vanish as restaurants closed. And Wegman saw an opportunity to sell those bulk products directly to consumers who were stockpiling at home. They began doing business with the restaurant supply distributors in March. Buying and selling bulk sized items, such as 10 pound bags of pasta, and restaurant-sized quantities of frozen vegetables, rice, and tuna. Wegmans earned a huge advantage by being the decisive first mover. When other grocers finally started calling these distributors, most of the distributors said, Wegmans called us first, and accordingly, they're now our number one priority. Wegmans also made several moves to get products to their stores faster. As customers panic bought, canned goods, pasta, paper, and cleaning products in March, the grocer spent the money to send trucks more frequently from its warehouses to the stores with the trucks only 70% filled rather than the typical 90%. The company is paying close attention to the new normal, new customer behavior. They now realize shoppers will accept fewer options and thus executives are thinking carefully about the level of assortment that they need in the future, possibly dropping from 52,000 items to as low as 30,000. Shoppers visit stores less, but buy more. 
Saturday and Sunday were historically Wegmans' busiest days. Traffic is now more evenly distributed throughout the week. They were fast, decisive, bold, and paid attention, and it's all paying off for them and will continue to do so. They survived and are starting to thrive. Nathan asks, I've previously heard you refer to the importance of priorities, purpose, and passions. Please share. Although it might appear to be counterintuitive, now is the time to question everything. Now is the time to deeply reflect on your purpose, your passion, your potential. How do you now define success? What is your sustainable competitive advantage? It's important to seriously reflect on this. What do you really want to be doing in 18 months? Have your desires changed? We can compromise our approach to your bit to our business, but never our ethics, morals, or scruples. Reassessing your aspirations and visions of success is essential, especially now. When you visualize yourself loving life, and ultimately your newfound wealth, what are you doing that gets you there? We also need to shift much of our long-term vision into short-term actions throughout at least the end of this year. It's imperative for leaders to focus on stability over the next several months. Without a steady state or stabilized business, it will be impossible to move forward and grow. Plan and manage your cash. Cash is king. Surviving and thriving during downturns, especially severe ones, is basically about your cash flow, about your cash reserves, about your cash runway. Right now, making your cash runway as long as possible is a top priority. Annual planning and quarterly reviews are not currently our top priority. Weekly, possibly even daily, management meetings will for the for seeable future be driving and planning the processes. The environment is changing daily and remaining vigilant is crucial. Today, the pivot point for success is identifying a few mission critical metrics of an adaptive plan to drive your weekly actions and support overall organizational health. Here are a few tips to help lead your organization with key metrics. Review weekly metrics and OKRs, your objectives and key results, to manage organizational health. In this environment, it remains imperative that we continue to have clear deliverables and team accountability. Accountability for visible results and deliverables will keep remote teams effective and productive. Measuring performance data weekly provides you with objective, real-time results to adapt to shifts happening daily. Keep it as uncomplicated as you can. Use short-term goals. Your objectives and key results should support the demand of a rapidly evolving business climate. Short-term goals allow for responsiveness and course correcting is determined by your metric. It always comes back to agility. Have ownership. Assign teams to own, report, and improve mission-critical metrics. Empower your team. Assign each team member with an important strategic project to complete that focuses on building for the future. Be a game changer and lead with certainty. Creating clarity and alignment with your team is imperative in a time when more is unknown than known. 
leading with certainty now and in the future is the clear way forward for your business, your clients and vendors, your teams, and their families. The way forward now is using critical metrics to lead you towards a destination that is inspiring, unifying, and purposeful for everyone involved in your organization. Jay asks, please explain your predator and good guy approaches to business during these times. That seems to be a bit of a dichotomy. Seek new opportunities. It's okay to be a predator, even if you're a good guy. On June 1st, 2014, the contract between the shipping seaports on the West Coast and the 20,000 longshoremen expires. What follows is labor unrest and a strike that is not resolved for nine painful months. At this time in 2014, I'm the CEO of a consumer products company that sold hundreds of products to thousands of stores. Our competition didn't have product to ship to the stores. Most or all of their products were imported from China. We were 94% domestic made. I called our customers, the stores, and I said, I don't want you to have empty shelves. I know the other guys can't ship you anything. I, on the other hand, am ready, willing, and able. I won the shelf space. I even kept most of it after the strike ended. I was a predator and it paid off. You can and should seriously consider doing the same thing. Now is the time to be opportunistic. If you see the competition is not gonna make it, use it to your advantage. We're not in the same boat together. We're in the same ocean, but we're in different boats. Remember, first you need to survive before you can thrive. The main purpose of business is to stay in business. With your employees, be compassionate and tough. In your communication, it's important to be sympathetic. Also be consistent, clear, and confident. Be decisive and also expect everyone to perform to the maximum of their abilities. Now is the time for everyone to prove they can be a hero. Regarding your customers, this is a golden time to be as generous and communicative as you can to your loyal customers, especially if they're hurting. The best way to make a friend for life is to be there for them in the time of crisis. The last question came, comes from Barbara. What is your recommendation as they pertain to adaptability, both from the short-term and long-term perspective. Okay, adaptability, flexibility, scalability. Business is dynamic, not static. It's not the strongest, the smartest, nor the fastest who survive. It's those who are the most adept at adapting. In nature, as the stress levels of an organization increase, the speed of adaptation has to also increase if it's going to find a solution and survive. Accordingly, you need to build an adaptive, agile, flexible, forward-thinking, and strategic plan. Have a set weekly agenda. Set your weekly agenda based on your mission-critical metrics. Establish an infrastructure and a process to report weekly. Lead with health metrics. Lead every meeting with health metrics. It's imperative we monitor and measure the health of our employees and customers in real time, in addition to the health of our company. Set expectations. 
organize weekly meetings around expected measurable results, hold people accountable for results. We're paid for results, not activity. Build action into your focus. Lead the conversation with actions necessary to impact results. And prepare for what you can imagine. The better prepared, the better the chances of surviving and thriving. If you have any questions for me, or if there's anything you'd like to discuss about how to assist in, your pro in properly growing your business, just call or text me at 631-943-5275. I'm in your corner. Stay safe out there. It's great to have Mitch in your corner. Join him again anytime on the Tucson Business Radio X channel.